This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! Again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay tonight. It's day two of the Every Day is Halloween fundraiser, supporting new alternatives for homeless LGBT youth. And tonight, our special guest host is Mr. Jordan McLaughlin. You'll remember him. He was here in April. He was here... to talk about Easter Bunny Kill Kill, and he's still not right. He's still not right after watching that movie. But you'll also remember that he is the creator of the Don't Get Stabbed card game, which is why I chose him to talk about the movie that I picked for this episode, which is a little ditty from 2004, I believe, called The Black Waters of Echo's Pond. And it's about a deadly, deadly game. But we're going to get to that in a minute because... Actually, first of all, since I forgot to do this last episode, please allow me to introduce myself. Yes, hi, I'm Patrick Walsh. And normally, every month, twice a month, I am your guide through the weird and wonderful world of horror movies. But you have to see them through my very, very gay little eyes. Woo! I just went all Rip Taylor on you. Well, you couldn't see the confetti that I threw. But anyway, anyway, just trust me, it happened. Well, that's what normally happens. But of course, this is a special event. This is an extension of the Countdown to Halloween Potathon, which went a little awry. So now we're stretching it all the way to the end of the year. A little more relaxed pace and still raising money for new alternatives. Because, as I keep saying, homelessness among the young, gay, lesbian, transgender, and bisexual community is at epidemic levels, and I was about to say not much is being done about it. But I'm going to have to reword that. Based on a little article that I found out just today, and oh boy, it's put me in a mood. But before I get into what I found out in this particular article, I just want to take a moment to expand a bit on something that I've mentioned on past past Potathon episodes, you know, Potathons of years gone by. I say all the time that currently there are no federal programs for LGBT people of any age, you know, teenagers or not. There's no program specifically dealing with their specific needs and their protections are they're just not there. Nobody wrote any. But that's not to say there's not federally funded institutions out there that are helping. And I want to talk about that a little bit, particularly the source of all the where, where the money flows from, the money for all these things come from grants. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. They give out billions of dollars, you know, taxpayer dollars every year uh, to build these grant programs. And they're of all different kinds, you know, for all different issues, all kinds of health issues and lifestyle issues, whatever. For people in need, whatever that might be. And according to their own mission statement, these programs are designed to 
and I quote, enhance and protect the health, well-being, and human dignity of all Americans, including its most vulnerable of citizens. So obviously among these HHS services, uh, there are those that deal with homelessness. And also by their own rules, you can't discriminate in these government programs against anyone. Doesn't matter what their sexual orientation is or, or, or their gender identity, sex, religion, none of that. You cannot discriminate about people coming into these programs. So, okay, maybe they don't have something that specifically deals with a queer person's needs, but at least there's something there. There are things that can help somewhat. You know, it's better than nothing, right? It's a start. Or rather, I should say, it was. On November 1st of this year, the Health and Human Services Department of the United States of fucking America announced that they were immediately suspending their discrimination protections and all of their grants. Well, actually, not all of the discrimination protections, just certain ones. Which protections, you ask? Oh, you know, the ones regarding sexual orientation, gender, identity, sex, and religion. Let that sink in for just a minute. Okay. In one fell swoop, the government of the United States of America took this promise that they had to enhance, to, to quote, quote, enhance and protect the health and well-being of all Americans. And they amended it to, well, all Americans, but you. They didn't get rid of all the discrimination protections. No, they actually cherry-picked which ones stayed and which ones went and deliberately targeted gay people, trans people, women, and I guess anyone who's not Christian. No, you're not worthy of that human dignity for all Americans that we were talking about and right there in our fucking bylaws. No, no, no. I'm sorry, I just cannot imagine. I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of, of being a homeless gay teenager and just being in desperate need. You know what, not just the gay teenager, but just anybody. Any of the people who are in desperate life and death need of, of these services that the government provides for help. And all of a sudden hearing that. Sorry, not you. And the thing that's killing me is that they didn't actually change the mission statement. No, that's worded the exact same way. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It still says, scrolling down, our mission is to enhance and protect the health well-being, and human dignity of all Americans. So what am I supposed to take away from that? You didn't outright say it, but that leaving that phrase the way it is implies that, oh, I guess us gay and trans people, not only do we not count as Americans, but we're not even human now. Remember when Donald Trump said that he was a great friend to the LGBT community? Fuck you. The thing that kills me about this whole, the thing that has really got me upset is that I didn't even hear about this. This just went whoop, right under the radar for me. Now, now, to be fair, this happened on November 1st. It was the day after Halloween, and you all know Halloween season got a little dramatic on this end. You know, I was kind of 
depressed and out of it and sick as it was. And the last thing I needed to be doing was paying attention to the news of what's going on in our government right now, because that's going to make me feel great. And But this is cruel, and they were sneaky about it, and it's just not necessary. What, are you saving money this way? Is that how this works? Fuck you. And see, this is why I'm grateful that there are services like New Alternatives because they are not supported by the federal government. They don't have to worry about having their funds cut off because they have too many gay people on their program or some bullshit like that. Is that what's going to be going on now? I've had steam coming out of my ears for like the past two hours since I read this. And I'll post all of this on the social media, the, the article that I read. And it's not the icing on the cake, but it's hitting at the wrong time is that we didn't get a whole lot of donations in the past couple of days. Yeah, I know it's always slow at the start. And, you know, technically we already did sort of a round of this earlier and we did raise a thousand dollars for the first part. And it's only day two, but still all of a sudden my Friday got really bleak, but I do not want to ignore the people that did donate. So let me just take a moment to go over to the new alternative site, which you can donate at right now. If you go to bit.ly slash SQ POD NA that's bit.ly scream Queens podcast, new alternatives. So we've only had one donation on the new alternatives official page since Monday's episode. And that is from Chris. Yes, it's Chris Schaefer. Thank you, Chris. Another $10 donation. Yeah, I noticed that Chris donated the same amount the last time around, you know, back in October. And I'm wondering, Chris, did you set up a recurring donation? Because that is an option, by the way, on both the sites, both the Facebook site and the new alternative site. Chris, if you did that, you're even cooler than I thought you were. But then again, if you just donated twice, that's also extremely awesome. So, Chris, thank you. Oh, gosh. See, now I have dry mouth and I can't do my tongue rolls. This is terrible. This is terrible. Forget that ever happened. I'll fix it in post. All right. Let's take a journey over to the Facebook donation page, which I just set up on Tuesday, finally. And you can find that by going to bit.ly slash SQPODFB. Bit.ly. Scream Queens Podcast Facebook. See how that works? Now, I know I'm throwing lots of bits and leads and dots and Qs and laws and nas and whatever. Don't worry about it. All the information's in the show notes. Just click on the link there. You'll get it. Everything's cool. And who do we have here? Okay, we've had two donations here today and uh, $100. $100 from Maryland Dandria. Hi, Maryland. I went to Siena College with Maryland Dandria. We were in the worst Christmas show ever. She was supposed to play a pincushion, and by her own admission, she said she looked more like Swamp Thing than a pincushion, and I will never forget that, Marilyn. You were such a good sport about that, and you were an even better sport by coughing up 100 big ones to the kids at New Alternatives, because that actually cheered me up a bit on this rather shitty day. And oh, hey, Mary Lynn, I have to make sure to get your address, because since you donated $100, you're going to get an official piece of... Every day is Halloween merchandise from the merchandise store. Yes, that's the, the yes, yes, Spooky Smoochie has moved. 
moved away from the Potathon, and she's bringing it right into the Christmas season. She's got a whole new logo. And I just threw myself down into the well of despair again when I realized the other donation is $50 from me. Thank you, me. Oh, and hey, do you know that because you donated more than $40, you get a Scream Queens magnet? Really? That's fantastic. Okay. This is a rough start for the second episode. I know I get grouchy during these fundraisers and I get angry and I get sad and I cry a lot and stuff, but I didn't expect it on episode two. So fortunately, it is time to stop being cranky and start going over to the fun park. Because, you know, we're not just going to talk about a movie. We're going to play a game. Oh, sure. It's a nice, fun little game. Oh, it's recommended for everybody in the whole family. And nothing bad can possibly go wrong while you're playing it. No, sorry. Yep, Jordan McLaughlin's here. And we're going to talk about Black Waters of Echoes Pond. And if you haven't seen it yet and you want to play along at home, it is screening for free at Tubi TV. Oh, and hey, my fellow podcasters. This is one of those episodes I want you to take a closer listen to this interview section because this is one of those sessions that was recorded using the Squadcast app. Now, I know some of you are probably thinking, I don't hear anything. It sounds fine. You know, it just sounds like a regular episode. Well, hey, hold on to your hats because Monday, when Michael Howie and Christopher Gromlin are here, we couldn't use Squadcast. Compare, contrast. That's all I'm asking you to do for now. Compare, contrast, and maybe consider Squadcast as a solution to the crappy sound on your remote recordings, man. Okay, I don't want to audio shame anybody anymore because it's time to start the fun. You know what? I'm going to stop babbling and play the trailer, bring on Jordan, and let's take a chance and roll the dice and pray we don't get pubic lice. What? Trailer, now. A century ago, an evil was buried. Where is the game now? Wait, in a place it will never be found. Nine friends unknowingly resurrected. Looks like some sort of game. It's like Monopoly. You roll the dice and move a space. Let's play. I don't know about this, you guys. A game where your darkest secrets are revealed. Carry out thy vision seen in Echo's Pond. You didn't actually see something, did you? And telling the truth. Just go ahead and say it. You'll feel better, man. Can get you killed. Oh my god! Says here, you have to roll again. Careful what you roll. I love this game. It's my island, my rules. The Black Waters of Echo's Pond. Doubles! (laughs) It's my lucky day! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and my GNCs, wherever you may be, please welcome back to the show the creator of the Don't Get Stamped card game, Mr. Jordan McLaughlin! Hello. Hi, Jordan. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be back. It's a pleasure to have you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the movie that we're talking about is a little ditty from 2009 called The Black Waters of Echo's Pond. And I initially picked this because there was going to be another guest. We were going to also have Brian Wilson from 
uh, spanked the Yeti and, uh, and uh, well, from Galactic's knees. You know, you know him. He was on Friday night. He was on a bunch of things. He's got to come back and do this one. But you know what? He had like work and stuff. And you know what they say, Jordan? All work and no play. Boring. Absolutely. It sure does. And the reason I picked you guys for to do this movie is because it's about a deadly game. I want to have my two gamesmen on to talk about a deadly game from hell. I got to see this movie at Horror Hound Weekend in like, two, I think in 2009, probably. Mm-hmm. And it was a huge crowd hit. And when I picked it, I'm going, I don't remember if this movie was actually that good or if it was just, you know, festival audience good. Oh, I, I was very hesitant after my last uh, movie that you made me watch. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I was yeah, very yeah. happy with this one of okay, okay, I can handle this one. <laughs> uh actually my concerns were were a little bit ill-founded. It's it's not bad. It's not yeah. great. But yeah. it's it's it what it's what it promises to be. Yep, exactly. Since you are the guest, Jordan, it is your job, nay, dare I say it is your sacred duty. I need you to give me a nice, tight, 30-second back of the DVD cover plot summary of Black Waters of Echoes Pond. Don't give me the whole story. Just pitch me that plot. The clock starts now. All right. So you have a group of college-age kids. They decide to have a fun weekend out on an island. Uh, I think it's one of their uncle's islands or something. So they go to the island. They're all kind of having fun until someone finds this game hidden down in the basement. So they decide to play, wondering what it's all about. And the game basically releases demons that appears to possess them and turn them all against each other and start stabbing each other and ripping each other's boobs off. Well done, sir. Thank you. You see, had they played a card game, they would have known, don't get stabbed. Exactly. It's a very good life. Nobody listens. Nobody listens. Nobody nobody listens to you, Jordan. That was the message (laughs) of the movie. Go play a card game. You'll be safer. Yep. Exactly. Because has anybody actually gotten stabbed playing Don't Get Stabbed, to your knowledge? Uh, well, I did have a party where there were like plastic knives, so there was a lot of fake stabbing. But as far as I know, there that hasn't doesn't been count. Real stabbing. So exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So I mean, in, in a nutshell, this is kind of like a horror version of Jumanji. Yes, exactly. That's the, when I was and, watching it. That's the first thing that popped in my mind is like, oh, this is Jumanji with demons. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was specifically pan demons. Yes. Those are yeah, ones you, don't the, normally, the, you don't hear about those very often. No, it actually, you know, it actually, this, watching it this time, there's a long sequence that starts this. And this is me being an asshole. The movie starts. <laughs> <laughs> and there's this shot, and, you know, it's oldie timey looking, you know, all sepia toned, and it's clearly an Arabian background, you know, Arabian mosque, you know, that kind of shape to the buildings. And there's the, there's the sound of the, 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 I don't know, the, the singer, the, uh, that kind of wailing singer mm-hmm. happening. And I'm just like, I'm saying, if this was a different movie, part of me just wants the title to come up and say Chicago or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) But they spent a lot of time giving you the backstory of where this game came from. Uh, Could could you help me out here? Like, what what happened here? Do you remember that? If I remember correctly, it was Turkey and it was uh, early 1900s. And apparently they were doing like a, a, you know, an excavation of some like, you know, uh, something that that they had found. Archaeological thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so it seemed like you know, there was some rich guy that hired them to go find it. And then when they found it, he was kind of all mad that, you know, that they started touching it and doing things with it before he did. Um, I don't think it's very clear of how they even ended up on the aisle. Maybe they'd explain that later. And I just got confused. Um, but then, like, 
It just kind of shows like this is some sort of right that was back in the past that everyone forgot about and they decide to use those instructions to create the game and it kind of you know unfolds from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they throw a lot at you really quickly. Ultimately, it's not important, but it is actually rather interesting. You know, watching it this time, I got to actually sit and simmer with it a bit and see how it plays out is that it's some right to to summon pandemonium. Mm-hmm. which yeah. I never realized was a deviation from the word pan. It's what pans would cause. They would cause pandemonium. That was where they lived. Then they lived in a constant state of pandemonium. <laughs> also, the word panic comes from pan. Did not know that. Things yeah. I learned. And there's this whole backstory, like, they, you know, they get the, I forget, like, Zeus. They all lived in harmony until Zeus gave them the flute, the magic flute. And that opened up all these doors that, to them that they all of a sudden became these sexual beings and that they're basically pandemonium is complete confusion, sexually driven, hell on earth. Yep, exactly. Sounds like and a good this, time to me. Right. <laughs> absolutely. Well, actually, apparently not based on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And so um, they figure out that it's it's they, they go to some island to go through the material and they figure out to make it into a game somehow whatever but whatever the game summons pandemonium and kills everybody so yeah and what i thought was funny was that when when you see the new stuff with the old stuff is that uh, the rich guy who paid for all this shows up on the island demanding his game. And he's like, no, no, everybody, the guy, young guy's like, everybody's dead. They played it. It's hell on earth. Everybody's dead. And I've hidden it where no one will ever find it. And when you find out where it's hidden, I was like, really? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that seems like a very obvious place. <laughs> and also, so like, no one I, will ever? I would be so surprised you go, you that go, that house has actually even been there that long. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm going, so so it's literally under the basement stairs, so it's not, I'm sorry, so it, no one will ever find it until the house gets torn down or blown yeah. over in a storm that I'm sure you never have off the coast of Maine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that's silly and whatever, but that's okay, it just gets the plot moving. Now, there's some fun people in the cast. Um, first of all, I mean, the most obvious one is, is Scream Queen legend Daniel Harris. Yes. From the Halloween movies and 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 you know everything everything she and she's she's great in this she's fun she's fun she does her thing. What I like about her in this, she's one of those stars that you can get for money. She'll do for a while. She was doing anything if you just paid a fee. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of it, she's half-assing. She's not half-assing here. She does an actual nice job here. Yeah, yeah. You can tell like she's. You can tell some of them definitely were kind of just doing this for the paycheck, but she was not one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the other one, this guy named um, James Duvall, who I appreciate, and I don't remember which one is he? Rick. He's the one everybody hates. Yes, he's Rick. He, Rick. He's the one. Every, there's the ten thousand characters, which is why this is difficult. Rick is the one that everybody hates, and James Duvall does tons and tons of independent horror movies, and he almost always plays an asshole, and he almost does in this one, but he's a charming one. Yeah, he, he I actually liked him in this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you to understand his backstory, and yeah, I, I appreciate him. But the, the one that everybody was excited about at Horror Hound Weekend, or she said the two, is the crazy babysitter twins. Yes, those were yeah. – when I saw twins, I was kind of cringed a little bit because I'm like, I'm never going to be able to keep this straight. Um, but after a while, like, no, I actually kind of really appreciate what they're doing with them. Yeah, and I didn't know what to expect in them either because, you know, Tarantino found them, and I forget what movie it was that they were in, the crazy oh, babysitter yeah, twins, sure. but – but they were only billed as the crazy babysitter twins and they were just insane in the movie. So when they showed up at Har Han weekend, I'm like, they're going to be assholes. And they weren't 
They were the sweetest, most charming women that you could possibly see. Demure, polite, just so happy that to be there and so happy everybody was enjoying the movie. I was just so surprised by them. And also, I think they're lovely in the movie. And you can tell them mm-hmm. apart. Yeah, yeah. They're they, very distinct. I, yeah, I, I was really worried about it. It looks like they were in, what, Death Proof and Grindhouse. Uh, well, Death Proof was in Grindhouse. Yeah, Death mm-hmm. Proof was part of Grindhouse. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they split the movies apart, you know, because it was two, it was, te- Groundhouse was two movies put together. It was that. Um, and, um, yeah, you're right. They, they weren't in Death. Were they? Yeah, I guess they were in Death Proof. And, um, whatever that alien was, Planet Terror, I think it was called, with Rose McGowan. Yep. And then it flopped. So they split them apart for video release. Got it. So that's how that worked. But, yeah, so they're, they're, they're tons of fun. And some of the other cast, I'm just like, ooh, boy, that French guy. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Like I was watching, and I'm like, oh, oh, it was one of the ones that like I couldn't tell if his accent was real or not, and I couldn't tell if like the he was trying to have an accent or if he was trying not to have an accent. So he was very confusing I, for me. I think he was just French. Yeah, he was French, and like the crazy babysitter twins, and I don't know their real names, and I'll probably fix this in post. Um, they they also have an accent. So initially, all the kids showing up on the island had accents. I'm going, this is weird. <laughs> it's okay you have a nice diverse cast that's unusual that's unusual uh and of course robert patrick from uh, terminator 2 yes yeah he was actually playing the caretaker of them yep he was when as soon as i saw him I was like oh i was, I was half expecting anytime he was on screen for him to like ask where john connor was because that's what i relate him to the most um but he or was just melt like, into the floor surprise. or something yes yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and he, he, he again was not half-assing he did a nice job no, he had he some did. really nice moments yeah, so like all these kids go to this island for fun and wackiness. And, you know, like like you said, it's almost immediately the power goes out because it's an island. And it's a horror movie. Um, and it's – what? <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> you do talk about horror movies. According to show, IMDb, right? it's – oh, yeah. I forgot. I've only been doing it for 10 years. But anyway, uh, uh, no, IMDb, it's listed as a fantasy. So – what was it? Yeah, and the lights go out, and when the French guy whose house it is, whose family's house it is, goes to investigate in the basement, the stairs collapse, and underneath the stairs, whoa, is this game? And so, of course, they're going to play it. You got to play it, right? Of course. <laughs> you can't find a hidden game and not find out how to play it. <laughs> Just the fact that someone hit no, it means you're not supposed to. So, how can you say no? Exactly, and of course the lights are out, and you're already they're already forbidden to watch not watch TVs. I mean, so <laughs> what else are you going to do? And of course, the you don't get to see Astro Babes, which was the uh, the in movie movie that the um, blonde what Veronique, whatever her name was Veronique that, that was supposed to be in because that Veronique tossed in the fire. That character was a treat. Yes, I love that character. I liked her that a lot. I wanted more of her. Yep. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of was disappointed how that all went down. <laughs> but no, she's a she's a she's a B movie actress. And her latest movie was like Astro Babes for Marvs or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. And one of the ba- uh, one of the babysitter twins is like more cons- much more conservative than the other. Doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, and picks her on her at one point about how you know she's always flailing her body around, you know, for anybody who has a camera and pretending that it's art. You know, I'll have sex with anybody on camera, and just because of the camera there, you think you're doing art, but it's not. It's porn. And the girl says, "B movies are not porn." And Crazy Babysitter Twins was basically like, yes, they are. I'm like, honey, you're in a B-movie right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Watching it this time, my disappointment with it is that the game drops out after a while. Yeah. And to me, it was, I I guess, like, because 
the, I would watch it once just to enjoy it. And then I would watch the movie again and basically kind of take notes to prepare for this. And like yeah. the first time I watched it, like, this is fine. The second time I watched it, I was like, I've got to break this up. I need to stop for a while. Um, because yeah. like the pacing just seems so off of like, I have nothing to talk about for like half an hour. And then there'll be 15 minutes where I have to like pause it in order to catch up on notes because it just seems to be going back and forth so much. It was, it was fits and starts. I mean, they throw a lot of backstory because these people have, these kids have known each other for a long time. And so they have a lot of history, which all comes into play. So it's all important, but yeah, there's a lot they, of it. Yeah. There, and like there's I said, a lot there's of a, there's a million of them. So yes. <laughs> one, wait, hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten kids. Yeah. And they, Which is a lot each to one, like, has, you know, you would expect, like, at least half of those to just kind of, like, glaze over their backstory. Where this, because I guess the way the, the game is, where it's trying to play them off of, like, their, you know, resentments and everything else towards each other, it has to go into depth with their pasts. And it was just a lot to try to comprehend. Yeah. Robert Patrick has a nice moment where he's telling a sort of a ghost story or like some of the bloody history of the island. But watching it the second time, I went, but wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because the he, well, he calls it the ghoul of uh, I wrote it down because of uh, whatever. Beacon's Isle. Beacon's Isle, yeah. The first time I watched it, I'm like, that feels like that should have been the name because it's called the Black Waters of Echo's Pond. Yeah. But the the word echo, like really I think only showed up once in the movie, and the first time I watched it, I never even connected that it's connected to the board game. Yeah, I, I mean it comes up a lot. I mean, I remember I got it the first time. It was pretty clear from the screening that I went to that you know that yeah, all the bad stuff re really happens when people look into Echo's pond, which is yeah. part of the game. Um it shows them things that may or may not be true. And actually, I want a sweatshirt. Oh, nice. In the trivia contest, because they asked, they were asking all these questions, and one of the questions was, of all the visions of Echo's Pond, which was the only one that was true? Would it be the one where he didn't switch seats with the, the friend that he um, was in the car wreck with? Nope, that never happened. He, nope, that apparently never happened, according to the filmmakers, but it was the uh, business deal. Oh. Uh, between the two black characters. Okay. This was another thing from a modern perspective is that you had two black characters in it. One was the first one to die and the other one turned out to be the big bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I did think some of the racial stuff between them was interesting because one is mixed race and the other one is not. And some of the racism against the mixed race one, I thought was a flavor you don't often get. Yeah, I, I was really kind of surprised to actually see that included because, like, that's that's something I know exists and, you know, I don't know a lot about. But, like, I was just like, oh, I've never seen any movie even, like, you know, re like acknowledge that that type of thing existed. Um, so it's it kind of, you know, nice to hear that, you know, they're, they're tackling issues that are deeper than probably what m most other movies would even try to get into. Yeah, yeah. And... The design of the board game is fun, too, because it seems to be alive. Mm -hmm. Like, the, the, the parts of the board will just start moving on their own, and they're all just like, how is this working? Is there batteries? <laughs> yeah, I, I was very jealous when I saw that uh, game come out. of like, wow, I really want to design something like that one day. 
Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, all the like, it's all innocuous at first. It's just like tell us, you know, tell us something that you're embarrassed about. You know, who in this room would you like to be? romantic with of course it's in fancy rhyming language which i'll probably mm. uh, no i can't get the audio from it but just because the way we saw it but more fancy than that so it's all kind of innocuous and kind of cute but it's all building up to playing on everybody's insecurities and their worst qualities yeah it felt like it was like truth or dare almost um because yes. like truth or dare always puts everyone in awkward positions and you know the this one felt like it was doing the same thing it was just taking it up to that level where violence then exudes. Yeah. So one of the first things that you know, we learn, I mean, there's, there's the, okay. Now I have to actually figure it. Uh, Trent, Trent was that, Trent. I don't know. I'm just picking. Okay. I just, ha- I don't want to say the black guy, but I guess I have to say, well, okay. The character, like I said, I mentioned the two black guys, the, the darker of the two. He's in a relationship with Daniel Harris, very jealous of yeah. her. And he apparently like trained this other guy, you know, got him a job at the company, trained him, and now this guy has surpassed him. And it turns out that the waters of Echo's Pond is revealed to him, giving him a vision that this guy fucked up a deal for him. And that's how he got the promotion. So he, he, this other guy wound up stealing from him, which is when things really start to turn. Because he doesn't, like, almost immediately, his eyes turn black. Yeah. The, he starts uh, getting horns. Yep, exactly. And, like, he, the one, one of the twins sees, like, the face and, like, freaks out. Um, yeah, you know, it doesn't seem like anyone else even saw it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was even before they started playing. That was just when they were talking about playing that that came mm-hmm. out. Yeah, and so he takes that poor guy off and like ties him up, tortures him, and chainsaws him, and it was crazy. It's <laughs> <laughs> well, like we just got off to a roaring start. Holy crap! <laughs> Pulls his teeth out. Yeah, like the and, he went right for it. Like there was no hesitation. He was. Yeah, when I saw the chainsaw came out, I was kind of expected it to like maybe go a little longer. Like it was like supposed to torture him, and then it kind of leads up to him. And it was like, no, he just pulls up the chainsaw and it's done. Uh huh. Uh huh. And like the, the the movie's nice and bloody. It's got some restraint though. But man, one of the effects that just made me ill. Like they don't show him pull the tooth out, mm-hmm. but you see the tooth out of the mouth. But there's still like a little string of skin. Yep. Attached to the gum and you just see it stretch, 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 snap. That was the one I was just like, yep. <laughs> that was the effect that got me in this movie. It was gross. It was gross. And yeah, like Danielle Harris, you know, gets lured into having her first lesbian affair with this, the B movie star, which her boyfriend was totally okay with at the time, but, you know, yeah. but whatever. I think straight guys are always seem to be okay with that for some reason. Aren't they though? Aren't yeah. they though? It's I don't interesting. There was that scene, though, where um, Veronique and Daniel Harris were in the kitchen making margaritas and Veronique spilled something on her blouse and had to take her blouse off. And so she's just in her bra and they're talking about her new boobs. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you're seeing you're, Rick is this character who nobody wanted to be there. Uh, because, and, I have something to hate about. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone was very upset to find out that Rick was there. And we, yeah. were, oh, we don't know why. I mean, everyone has a different reason, too. But they basically make him leave the house at a certain point. They, a couple of rounds into the game, they make him leave. Oh, because it turns out he confesses how sorry he is that he was the one who let Danielle Harris's brother drive drunk and got him killed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And she's got a nice scene here where she's just like, I will never forgive you. I want you to suffer the way I suffer. I was like, ooh, bitch. Ooh, yeah. ooh, she, you go, girl. She is not going to forgive him ever. And like, never, never, ever, times. never, never, never. Yeah, and there's like multiple times in there, like even when they are, 
you know, kind of trying to survive together at a certain point, like she just turns on him no matter what. She was never going to forgive him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, that's the thing that the game is going to start playing on. Yep. Yeah, it's her worst quality. And uh, what was I going to say about this? Um, they kick him out. I had a point about that. Oh, so he's outside while they're doing this thing in the kitchen with the girl in, in her bra. And <laughs> whenever they cut to his point of view, it, you can see the girl sitting in the window, but there's a curtain covering half the window. So and it's covering most of her except her boobs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, welcome to the male gaze, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> And the more I looked, I'm going, those aren't her boobs. Those are somebody else's boobs. Like her boobs did not look super fake, but those yeah. looked super fake in the yeah, window. They never really did until it was that scene. And yeah. No, and you get a nice long look at them in the shower. Yep, absolutely. In the totally superfluous shower scene. I think I missed something. Was there a scene where Varin- Varanique was clomping around and she had hooves? She had hooves? I don't think so. Hooves, hooves, like a, like a satyr. No, I don't think so. Not that I remember. I could have swore. I could have sworn that happened. I could have sworn that happened when I saw it. That's something I remembered from the initial screening. So maybe that didn't make print or something, or I hallucinated it because Lord knows I was drunk enough that night. Who knows? Because <laughs> it was a film festival. What are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the babysitter twins. One is it married? No, engaged. No, I understood it as one was married to Anton. And the, the French other guy. one was engaged to Josh, the kind of like Josh. athletic guy. That's yeah. how I understood. Or not engaged or they were dating or something, but one dated the other guy initially and now yeah. is engaged to the other one. And so there's all kinds of threats. And they're supposed to like have a have all they're supposed to have, have sex together, and it's just all weird. It's all very weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was also nice just because see this one crazy babysitter twin, the one twin, like I said, was set up as this more conservative one she says i don't drink i don't smoke i have asthma yes and then five seconds later she's like all right i'll smoke some dope so like you can see the game is starting to get to her just a little before it actually does does and the twins had one of my favorite moments of the movie veronique is taking her shower and when she comes out she finds the twins cutting up her clothes in her suitcase and they've got her back to her and they've got their knives and they're just stabbing at her clothes. And she goes, what are you doing? And the two of them just react in unison, <laughs> like the spine <laughs> stiffened in unison. And they don't turn around. And they start talking in unison. I'm like, this is fucked up. I hate twins. <laughs> My twins are terrifying. Yeah, it was really good. Like they, I think if I remember, they were mad at her because uh, Veron, um, Veronique or however you say her name. She flashed her boyfriend. Yeah, she yeah. flashed her boob to their boyfriends. And so they walked in right as that happened. And then, you know, they were gunning for her immediately after. And the more people give in to this sort of stuff, the more demonic they become. Like I said, their eyes start to turn black. They start bleeding black tears and all kinds of crazy stuff is happening. And there's a great scene where she, that where Veronique is cornered on that bridge. You got one twin on one side with a big stabby knife and then the other on the other side with a big stabby knife. And there's nowhere for her to go. Yep. Yeah. I, I was, was really the, hoping she'd get out of it. That was the scene that like out of all the stuff I remember out of it, that was the one that I liked the best. Um, uh-huh. they, the, those two twins, they really sold it. Like they were creepy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And they were such sweethearts, which I loved. Too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love when that happens. It's just, it's just so genuinely thrilled that people like their performance. Cause they're like, people are expecting us to be those people from Tarantino in this movie. And we're not doing that. So they were uncomfortable because mm. this is the premiere of it. And so they were thrilled that people liked it. And it was just nice to see. It's nice to see when people don't have attitudes and stuff and they surpass your expectations. 
I even like the scene where Anton found the two twins afterwards after they've killed Veronique. That they stabbed mm. the shit ever. Yeah. And one's like, I've I've always liked her eyes. Yes. And now I have them. <laughs> and the other and one's one like, I've always liked <laughs> Such a uh-huh, And she had a boob. It stuck him in a bra. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and she's like, Anton, you want to see them? And she opens her bra and just tits hit the floor. <laughs> <laughs> And my thought was, some sound designer had to come up with a sound that would sound like <laughs> severed tits hitting the floor. And it, did you ever see the movie Teeth? What movie? Teeth. No, I haven't. The movie with about the girl who's got vagina dentata. She's got teeth in her vagina. <laughs> no, but I'm going to have to watch it now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually good. It's a decent feminist revenge piece, sort of. Uh, it's this little Christian girl who's a virgin the first time and discovers she has a set teeth in there and she winds up getting revenge on all these awful men but there's a sound that keeps happening when she when her vagina will spit out a severed penis and the penis hits the floor <laughs> so it's the combination of and <laughs> <laughs> say some design sound designer had a ball coming up with that um and i also appreciated that when you see Danielle Harris in a movie at this point, you just expect she's going to survive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she don't. <laughs> no, not even close. <laughs> no, she gets the, the shit more, That was actually kind of one of the more gory ones because I, I guess I really didn't see it coming. So I was like, oh, this is happening now. Um, that yeah, because the way it's going, you think of these, like you've got your final couple, you've got, the, you've got her and the guy that everybody hates and they're, they're fighting to survive and you think they're going to work out their problems. But yeah. No. <laughs> oh, nope. No, she starts going all evil, but then her boyfriend shows up and chainsaws the shit out of her. <laughs> and what I was appreciating, it's a low-budget movie. They got a good cast, and the special effects, for the most part, are decent. Yeah. For, for that level of movie, I was impressed with the, what they were able to do. But the thing that bothered me was that you, you see at many points that there's an actual pan satyr monster. Yeah. Stomping yeah. around, watching them, but falls out of the movie yeah the, i remember after i got done watching it the first time I, I was like okay that was fine and then like maybe 15 minutes later i was like wait a second what the fuck happened with the pan yeah you, you would have thought the final showdown wouldn't have happened with the guy who was most possessed but with the actual demon that's causing this but it doesn't happen yeah it just kind of left it felt un, like unresolved yeah, well, the movie does leave you unresolved. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true, too. <laughs> because, you know, everybody's dead, and it turns out none of this is actually happening. Nope. No, this was all a vision that, he, that, that Rick saw looking into the dark, the black waters of Echo's Pond. Yep. And he's given a choice. Like, everything that you saw in Echo's Pond can be real, or it can be just a dream. We know what he picks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a distinct like, that you know which one he picks. Yeah. Like, they go through uh, all the horrible things everyone's kind of said through him throughout the entire movie, and his eyes go black, and he's like, oh, nope, he's going to kill them all. Or let them all be killed. Yeah. Yeah. For a low-budget movie that nobody's heard of, I think it's a lot of fun. It's got problems, but overall, it's no Easter Bunny kill kill, that's for sure. No. I... <laughs> I would still say that I'm traumatized from you making me watch that movie. <laughs> hookers, but hookers and a cocaine hookers. <laughs> that has been an ongoing joke between me and my boyfriend ever oh, since you made us watch oh that. Oh no, <laughs> <Yes>. I'm. 
It did. It, like, this was like it was enjoyable. Um, which like I'm I'm naturally cynical, so I I go into some movies a lot of times with low expectations, and then I was like, wow, oh, this is actually like really enjoyable in a lot of parts. Yeah, and it's I think this this is one that would be suitable for a Halloween party to have playing in the background. It's got a little yeah. bit of everything. It's got yep. your boobs. It's got your gore. It's got monsters. It's got you know some legendary scream queens in it. It's got bear traps. A lot of bear traps. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean it all it checks all the boxes of a good time, <laughs> especially yeah, the bear traps. Yeah. Yeah, I just wish the game was more of a part of it, like Jumanji was. It didn't really ever become. A, I mean, I guess it was, but it in a metaphorical kind of sense that it was all the game the whole time, whatever. But yeah, no, I just wanted more. I wanted to figure out how that game was being played. (laughs) Yeah. There were several times where I paused the movie just so I could look at the game more and try to understand the mechanics of how it worked. Cause they kind of go over it at first and like, it kind of didn't make sense the first time. And then I like, I made sure the second time I watched it, you know, it all depends on what space they land on depends on what type of card that they end up pulling. And then that's kind of the type of question that it asks you. Mm hmm. And like that, there's the aspect of like the wheel that turns. There's when you land on certain sections, the whole board game kind of moves and takes you to another area. It's just really fascinating to, to try to understand how the mechanics of the game would work. Was you know, you can tell someone put a lot of passion into making that game, and it looks like it wasn't a fake game. Someone made a game that would actually work if you played it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I hope not. <laughs> well, maybe not working that way where demons. Are oh, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I also was looking at it going, how do you win? Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure that's a like, game where it's designed to not have winners. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, yeah, well, actually it is. It says the one with the truest heart will win. I don't know if there was anyone there that had a true heart. I think, what? well, I think that was the thing, that he had the opportunity. Yeah. He has the opportunity at the end that he had the truest heart, but he fucked it up. He gave in to, he gave <laughs> it the temptation, which I guess everybody do, and that's the problem with pandemonium. Yep. Um, and it just got me thinking, this movie got me thinking of like, horror-based games I've had throughout the years, even as a kid. Like, you ever play Nightmare? Uh, the video game or a board game? Yeah, the, the the VHS board game. No, I never played that one. You have one hour to play this game. It's against the timer. And he's so goofy. It's this guy, like, with basically a burlap sack on his head and a bad French-Canadian accent, and you're laughing at him at first. By the end of it, it is pandemonium. <laughs> <laughs> People are hor- genuinely horrified of this guy. <laughs> The because when uh, you said nightmare, like it reminded me there was like it was in the, like before like the Doom game became popular in like the nineteen nineties. Uh-huh. It was called Nightmare Three yeah. D, um, and it was like a per- first person shooter, but it was like Frankenstein and bats and goats, uh, ghosts and oh, stuff. Oh, nice! Because um, actually, when I designed my game, I actually named one of the characters out of the characters of that of characters of that game because it was just like nice, I, I, like that old kind of retro old horror stuff. Nice. I, I never played that one. I've heard of it, but I think it was like either before my time with the PC mm. or it didn't work on my system or something like that. I remember there was some reason I didn't have it, but yeah, I was just happy because like I was there. There was a game I had in the 90s video uh, PC game called Shivers. 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 And for years, I'm just like, you keep hearing about different platforms popping up and like you can play these old games on it, but it was never Shivers. But I finally found it. I'm so happy. It was like $3. <laughs> What'd you find? It's this whole thing. This site called GOG.com. Yeah, they have a whole bunch of old stuff, really cheap. But the whole thing is like you're trapped in this museum that never opened. Professor Somebody's Museum of the Bizarre and Unusual. 
and it never opened because the, the the professor disappeared and all these kids disappeared and it was linked to the the museum and so it's just been rotting for like 40 years and now you're the first person who's ever been in there your friends locked you in there overnight and you have to figure out the mystery of what's going on and it was such a lushly designed game like every room is like this magical experience with this great soundtrack and it was scary like you've played resident evil right oh yeah you know how they would have those like random jump scene cut scares yeah like yeah, like exactly. you'd be doing something and all of a sudden like hands would come out of a window. It wouldn't affect yeah. you at all, but it would just be enough to scare the hell out of you. Yeah. There was a lot of that, but it was usually just a shadow. Yeah, cause oh. it was, it was a point and click kind of game. It, so you weren't navigating through it. It was point, click, point, click, point, click. And you'd be trying to work out a puzzle and all of a sudden a shadow would move behind you and be like, ah, <laughs> wouldn't happen very often. <laughs> but it had me screaming at three o'clock in the morning, but it was a great game, but it's back now. Anyway. I'm going to have to check that out. So that's that. But you know what? You know what? It's yeah. not don't get stabbed. That's what it is. Well, I mean, I can vouch that it's probably one of the greatest horror games ever. And I'm completely unbiased <laughs> in that. <laughs> I've played it a few more times, man. It's always craziness by the end. Awesome. <laughs> you get the right person playing the killer. Like you talked about your friend who was super nice. Yes. Yeah. Who turns out it's a complete monster, which is the killer. <laughs> yes. She still is like, we played that a couple weekends ago. And like, you're the nicest person, but I am scared of you whenever you're the killer in this game. That happened to me. Like I had the qu- the quietest little girl. She's like somebody's girlfriend. She's like, I don't like scary things. I don't like to do this kind of thing. And then she was merciless. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's all an act to make us get our guard down. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, and it's a card game, so it's totally safe. It will not it will not invoke a demonic alternate universe. <laughs> <laughs> as of yet. <laughs> at, le- at least not yet. Yes. At least not yet. The, the Scream Queens as of as of this date. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Jordan, where can people find out more about the game if they are interested? Because it is a fantastic little game. Yeah, well, it is actually um, in production right now. I should actually have it any day. So um, if you're interested, if you go to don'tgetstabbed.com, we've got a big pop-up box where you can put in your email. We'll send you a notification, let you know when it's available online for purchase. Excellent. Just, just stupid question. I don't know why this just popped into my head. Because <laughs> I'm a weirdo. That's why, Patrick. Do you have merch? Do you have t-shirts? Because I just kind of pictured walking down the t- street with a t-shirt that said, don't get stabbed. <laughs> uh, not yet, but I do have some plans in the in the work for that. Because People um, like, thanks, I won't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, there's a lot of I people, almost forgot. Yeah, there's a lot of people that um, really like like the main killer character in it named Stabby. So I'm like, I'm going to make yeah. it so people can like, get little shirts or little things with them. And I'm like, if people want it, I'm definitely going to put it out there so they can have it if they need it. It's a definitely a cute little figure. And who the hell does he remind me of? Oh, my gosh. Oh. Oh, gosh. God damn it. It was an early internet cartoon. Never mind. Hmm. I'll fix it in post. Okay. But it's a compliment. Greetings. It is the iFlame. Flame the gargoyle. Ruler of hell. Creator of darkness itself. And also... Fixer of Patrick's stupid mistakes. The web cartoon that Patrick is trying to think of and failing is Homestar Runner. Yes, Homestar Runner. For those of you internet nerds who've been around for a really long time, you'll be like, oh, now I know what he's talking about. And the rest of you will be like, I don't know what he's talking about, then I don't care. And you know what? I'm with you guys. I don't care what he's talking about, and I hope he dies. Back to the show. Where maybe he'll die. Maybe. Please, please, please let him die. Please, please, please. He reminds me of this early internet cartoon that was fabulous. Anyway, Jordan, thank you so much for joining me. Yep, thank you. This for has been me. a blast. I, I think it. we've done. I think we've done the Dark Waters of Echoes Pond. Everybody, if you're going to play a board game, 
Just don't play card game, right? Of course. <laughs> Thank you for joining me again, Jordan. I'm I will be forever making up Easter Bunny kill kill to you. Uh, and uh, also, thank you, thank you for coming on and helping out for the potathon and helping out the kids at New Alternatives. It means a hell of a lot to me. Yep, yeah, definitely. That you stepped a, up and did this. It's a it's a great cause. And when you message me about it, I'm like, no matter what, like we're gonna make fine. You know, I'm gonna find time to do this because it is a very important cause that oh, I think a lot of people don't even know is as big as of an issue as it really is. Um, so yeah, anything I can do to help, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. And it's gotten so much worse. What a yeah. surprise. Yep. Exactly. What a surprise. Anyway, now we just ended on a bummer, but Oh wait, Jordan, yeah. before you go, I just got one more thing to say to you. All right. You know what it is? What? Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> And that, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, that is going to wrap up episode 273 and day two of the Every Day is Halloween fundraiser for New Alternatives. Yay! I want to give a huge thank you to Mr. Jordan McLaughlin for being so kind to come back and help out the kids at New Alternatives, particularly after he was traumatized so badly the last... I would be remiss not to mention once again that Jordan, of course, is the creator of that fabulous card game, Don't Get Stabbed. And come on now, the holidays are coming up, man. And really, what better way to spend quality time with your family and friends and loved ones around the holidays or during this warm season of love and giving and joy and merriment? What better way to spend time with them than sitting around a table and fake stabbing each other for the fucking fun of it? That's a Scream Queens kind of holiday. So pick up a copy of Don't Get Stabbed. Buy them for your friends. Buy them for your family. Just buy some. And there's a link down there in the show notes that will help you do that. So do that. It's the perfect holiday gift for weirdos, which you are, and that makes you fabulous. I would like to point out, too, that while I'm in a considerably better mood than I was during the first half of this episode, the time it's taken to edit it has given me time to actually do something I mentioned earlier. When I was talking about the article, since it did include you know, discriminating against women and, and people of different religions— as well as gay and lesbian and transgender people. I wanted to include everybody. And, and I started to say, oh, I, I was trying to picture walking a mile in the shoes. of a homeless queer kid getting this news. But then I didn't because I realized, well, there's other people who are being affected. But while I was editing, it just all kind of sank in really slowly. Just a fucking awful. That must be because, all right, you're already living on the streets. Which means... Your family has probably thrown you out. The other thing that usually happens, if they didn't throw you out, there's some other reason you left. Like the abuse was so bad that you could not take it anymore. You're already ostracized from the people who made you and everybody that you know. And you probably, before leaving home, given the patterns of things, you probably spent years being abused at school and tormented. Years and years and years of this. And you think, well, fuck, I've been through all this. I'm living on the streets. Every day is a struggle for survival. It can't possibly get any worse than this. And this shit happens. Even the fucking White House hates you now. <sighs> I swear to God, I can't. <sighs> I can't with this administration anymore, but we have to. 
We can't just can't. We have to do something, and that's why I'm doing something. That's why I'm doing these goddamn shit. Not goddamn shit. That's why I'm trying to raise money for people who can actually do some good for fucking change. I'm just so tired of bad news. I'm tired of all of it. I'm just, it's exhausting. I can't imagine actually having to live through all this, and I don't want to, but I can't stop myself from doing it either. So please, do what you can to help reverse some of this absolutely evil energy coming from the top of our own government against people who have already been through enough shit for 12 lifetimes. Head on over to one, either of the donation sites. It doesn't matter to me. They both work perfectly fine. Whatever makes you more comfortable. If you're more comfortable not using Facebook for whatever reason, I know, you know things are getting a little shady over there. And, uh, people get a little nervous about their privacy. Fine. What you do, you go over to bit.ly slash na. Which, of course, stands for Scream Queens Podcast New Alternatives. On the other hand, if you think that site looks a little dodgy, I feel much more comfortable using Facebook. It's where I live. It's where I'm happy. Great. Go to your happy place. And your happy place should be my happy place. My happy place. Oh, God. This has got dirty. I'm sorry. I took it to the gutter. All right. Just go to <laughs> bit.ly slash fb. Scream Queens Podcast Facebook. La, 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 la. A few more donations have come in while I've been recording, but I will, be deal with, I will deal with them next time because I've got to wrap this up and get the show out. Because there has been an adventure in the interim that you don't know about yet. But I'm going to save it for next time. Otherwise, we're going to be here all goddamn night. And no, not tonight. Daddy is tired. So, before I go, quick thank yous. Again, to Squadcast who offer professional remote recording software for professional podcasters. Without them, recording of these Podathon interviews would never have gone as smoothly. I mean, they, they were a nightmare in years past. You know, I did so many of them coming so fast, and, you know, I'm just trying to keep them all straight. And in previous years, I would wind up with so many files that had so many problems, and I had to somehow edit it together to make sense. Squadcast, not a problem. And, oh, hey, it sounds fantastic on top of that. Love it. Love it. Who's tired of having to put up with, well, well, it'll do, software. Check out Squadcast. Use the link in the show notes. Use that link in the show notes and tell them I sent you. Tell them you heard about it on Scream Queens. That would be cool. And, of course, another big thank you to Captivate FM, my podcast host. Again, keeping me sane. Who are teaching me this whole new way of keeping things together that's not as crazy as WordPress. and Actually, very simple, very easy, and they're all delightful people. I'm not used to that. <laughs> I'm used to some confusing mess full of conflicting codes and customer service that never calls you back. How dare you be nice to me, Captivate? How dare you? <laughs> so if you're looking for a podcast host, check out that link as well. Right there in the show notes. Go tell, and again, tell them I said hi. Tell, say, hey, Mark, what's going on? He'll be like, oh, hey, let's talk about Star Wars because that's his thing. Okay, you know what? I'm rambling. Of course, as always, during these fundraising events, I'm not doing voicemail. It's just too much. But if you need to get in touch with me any other way or you just want to follow things on social media, you can write me an email at crew at screamqueens.com. And of course, that's Queens with a Z for Liza Minnelli. <laughs> Never let me do that again. You know what? Why don't you just look me up on Facebook instead? <laughs> Which, of course, do a search on Scream Queens where podcasts get gay. Bang, bang. I'm also on Twitter at Scream Queens, Instagram, Scream Queens Podcast. Oh, nope. I no, actually, it changed. 
I was playing around with Instagram and I changed my name and now I can't change it back. So for right now, I'm King Scream Queens. For now, I'll be changing it back someday. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to probably have to just, okay, you know what? Now it's time to say goodbye to all our company. I'm singing Disney, so I'm going to get sued. F-U-C-K me. Until next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers. Until Monday, when Michael Howie and Christopher Gromlin. Gromlin? <laughs> Christopher Gromlin. <laughs> Stop by to talk about the Canadian sci-fi thriller Cube. Continue to make the world a creepier place. And never, ever, 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 ever forget the Scream Queen's golden rule. Fight or flight. Survive the night. Make it to the final reel. Have a great weekend. <laughs>